have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Hi, welcome to Grab Your Keys. Remember to share and like this podcast if we talk about something that interests you. So I'm Sue Meitner, and I'm here with my dad, Vic Meitner. And I thought for our special 50th episode, it would be great if I got to interview my dad and mentor, Vic Meitner. So, dad, what do you do? I'm a country lawyer. (laughs) What does that mean? It means um, I practice law. I handle all kinds of cases. Uh, For 25 or 30 years, I did mostly criminal litigation. And then some civil litigation. And then for the next 25 years, I did primarily civil litigation. And now the last maybe five or 10 years, I've been doing a lot of estate planning, handling estates, and uh, uh, I would say a little bit more quiet type practice. Right. So in real estate, Why is it important to think about when you own a house, having a lawyer and doing estate planning as you get older? Why is that? Or even when once you own a house, why is it important to start thinking about all those things that you might need an attorney for? Well, the purchase of real estate is probably the most expensive thing you'll ever buy. It's more expensive than a diamond ring. It's more expensive than a fur coat. And... uh, it, it's usually hundreds of thousands of dollars and sometimes even more than hundreds of thousands, six and seven figures to buy a house. So when you're buying the most expensive thing you're ever going to buy, you better make sure that you're, uh, you, have good ti- you have good title, that uh, uh, you get what you bargained for, that is that there are no defects and that your inspections are properly handled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... M- Primarily that there are no defects in the title and only a good experienced real estate lawyer can examine your title, the title report, examine all the um, uh, comments to the title, to the title commitment, all the recorded documents, uh, easements and other restrictions on the property. So it's very important when you're buying this most important asset that you have a a lawyer represent you. Same thing applies when you're selling that piece of of property. And I'm not selling that you don't need realtors. You do need realtors. Realtors uh, uh, are most important in the sale. They're the ones who find you the buyer or find you the house, depending on whether you're a buyer or seller. But the lawyer protects you, only you, because the lawyer represents you as his client. So after you own the house, is it important to have an attorney for anything else once you own the house? Yes. Well, it, uh, yes. <laughs> if uh, there's all kinds of things that come up in life, there's divorce, phone calls. <laughs> 
divorce. I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> divorce. <laughs> yes, divorce, death, uh, disability, uh, separation, all kinds of things happen to you in life. And at all these uh, junctions or, or crossroads, in most cases, you need a lawyer to help sort through and to protect you uh, from the other party. And uh, in that case, um, you may need two, two different kinds of lawyers. You may need an estate planning lawyer and you may need a uh, divorce lawyer. Right. Uh, so, yes, the law business, lawyers are always in demand. Yeah. So and probably will remain so for some time. You would think. Um, have you enjoyed being a lawyer? It's the most fun, most fun thing I could do. Yes. And I think you enjoy it mostly because you enjoy people and hearing about their experiences and solving problems and that kind of stuff. Uh, the, I think the most, the reason I like it the most is because I, uh, I try to help people solve problems. Yeah. That, that is the main, uh, the main goal. Solve problems and keep people out of court. Right. Because, <laughs> or jail. Uh, or jail. <laughs> because um, once you're involved in the legal system, the court system, it gets very expensive, time consuming, and uh, really uh, in virtually all cases, uh, not much good comes of going Everyone to court. loses. So lawyer's first job is to protect you and keep you out of court. Right. So, um, so besides being a lawyer, you're a husband, a dad, a grandfather, uncle, you have a big family. We have a big family. So, um, what do you think the, that you would tell your children and grandchildren and everybody else? What do you feel your three keys to success are? The most important things are love what you do. So, um, uh... That's number one. If you don't love it, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, try something else. That's the first key. The second key is to be prepared. Um, there's no substitute for being prepared or ready for what comes at you. And the third thing, and it's, uh, it's easy to say, but hard to do, is work hard. So how do you, uh, I mean, how do you, if you, do you think that you can fall out of loving what you do at times? Yeah, there's always time. Yes, there's always, <laughs> there are always times when it becomes tedious, when it becomes, you wonder why you're doing it. Um, but overall, um, the, the practice of law is just that. Remember that when you're, if you're practicing law or any or other, anything. or any other job, um, you're practicing and right. there's always going to be problems and there's always going to be bumps in the road. Right. So how would you tell anyone in any profession, one of the keys is to be prepared. How, how would you suggest people are prepared in life or in a career or at any job? Do your homework. Do your homework. Uh, they don't give you homework in school uh, for fun. What they're, what they're trying to tell you to do or trying to teach you to do is to teach you to get prepared. And that's by doing your homework. Read up on the subject matter. Read up, uh, analyze your 
facts. Analyze your people. Right. And um, that's how you get prepared. And the um, third one that you said was work hard. And I think that people forget that, you know, success is when hard, hard work and opportunity meet. How do you actually find, how, how, do you, how do you have end up having a good work ethic? How do, how do people work hard? I mean, I look at myself all the time, like you and mom taught me to work hard, but I don't know that everyone has as much of a work ethic that I have or that you have. You know, how, how does someone gain that work ethic where, where your employers can actually see how hard you're working and that you're prepared and that you, and that you have a good work ethic? Well, it's a hard question. I there, ask some hard questions. I'm good are, at asking There are people questions. that just have it in their character within themselves to work hard, and there's people that don't. Those who don't are sometimes referred to as lazy or um, disinterested, but if you're one of the people that doesn't have it inborn or part of your character, then you have to work harder than, say, you or I might have to. Mm -hmm. Then you have to develop a work ethic. And, then, and the way you do that is to set goals for yourself and allow time for you to become a better working person. That's not to say that you don't need family time and that you don't need fun time. You do. So by all means, work hard, but play hard. You know, <laughs> get a sport or play golf or go out with your friends or do something you, to relax that you really like to do. Uh, and family is most important. If you just work and you, you don't have anything to do with your family, then you've really missed out on a lot in life. Yeah. So one of the things that I always think is so amazing about you and your friend group, we'll say, is that I think all of you used each other in the professions that you were in. And you um, loved referring different people who you knew, liked, and trusted because they were your friends. And they were based in your friend group. And you still do that. Um, I think that's almost a lost art these days, if I, if I was to actually say that. And I think that that's a shame because that is showing the hard work of one another in your friend group. And maybe that isn't a lost art, but I think the younger generations don't believe in it as much. They always want like the best price or, you know, what's the sexiest or, or what they deem is the best where sometimes, you know, you have to, sometimes it costs when you don't go with somebody who you've been referred to. Do you understand, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like you yes. had a group, you were, you had a wealth planner that you constantly referred, a life insurance person, you kind of insurance person, car, like you always had the, you were the go-to person of who to, the, the lawyers, the doctors. How important do you think that is in today? Well, it's just as important as, as it ever has been. Uh, the most uh, the most important thing about the people you associate yourself with is that you can trust them. And the only way you figure out if you can trust people is by knowing them. Right. So um, let's say you go play golf with somebody and all of a sudden you see they're fluffing up the ball in the rough 
where they're moving the ball to a better position. Well, you just learned several things. You learned that you can't trust them, that they cheat, uh, and that they can't be trusted. So you're not going to refer all of your clients or your favorite people, your family, to the people who cheat. So the most important thing when you're selecting these people is to find people that you can trust that aren't affected, that don't, aren't in it just for the money. It's not, by the way, there's nothing wrong with making money, nothing. But the first thing that you have to be able to do with these people is trust them. So in terms of a stockbroker or a financial advisor, you want to find somebody that you can, can trust implicitly. In other words, they're not going to roll over the ball <laughs> in the rough. What they're going to do is they're going to do what's best for you. Right. And the fees, the, the fees are important, but not as important as the trust. If you can't trust them, they're going to turn your account, which means turn it over just to make a commission. Uh, you don't want that. You want somebody that invests in the same things for themselves as they will for you and your clients. Same applies for accountant, accountant and everything else, life insurance, anything else. Find people you can trust and uh, figuring out who you can trust is the hardest part. Right. For sure. Um, who do you admire? Well, I admire a lot of people, but if you said to me, who do, who do you admire in the past, the distant past, I would say probably Abraham Lincoln because he held the country together in the, in the uh, mid 1800s. He eliminated slavery. That, that was a big deal. And he risked everything, including right. his life to do it. And if you ask me, who do I, who do I respect or who do I like uh, in more recent times? Um, it's, that's another hard one, but I really do like um, Tucker Carlson. Oh, really? I that's like surprising. Tucker Carlson because he, he stood up for what he believed in and he was willing to forego his employment rather than not be free to speak his mind. Right. So freedom of speech in this country and really around the world is one of the most, if not the most important freedom that we have. Right. And so people who stand up for freedom uh, are to be respected, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. If you weren't an attorney, what would you do? If I wasn't, if I was not an attorney, I would, I would have wanted to be a surgeon. And why? I always, uh, I always loved biology in in high school and in and in college, and uh, I always had felt that I had a talent for uh, surgical procedures, for example, in biology. So I always wondered if 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 I could have done it, uh, should I have done it. And if I, if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't say I would have been a surgeon, but I think I would have right. tried a little harder to be a surgeon. And if I could be a surgeon, if I could go back and change everything around, I probably wouldn't do it. But if I was going to be anything else, I think I would have wanted to be a, a medical doctor. Right. And a, and well, we surgeon. always tease. You're a lawyer, a doctor, a priest, a little bit of everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm also a, in, mo in many cases, I'm a psychiatrist. Right. Well. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I always tell my clients when they come in and ask me these crazy psychiatric questions uh, that I charge this much for my hourly rate for practice of law. And then I add about $50 an hour for psychiatric consultation. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. I'm surprised that in the questions of the keys that you didn't say being calm because I think that you feel being calm is important. Yes. Um, well, it all depends on the type, the type of job you have or the position you're in, but um, you have to be calm in emergencies, especially. And um, I, what I find is I'll get a migraine headache a day or two later. Later. <laughs> <laughs> but in the moment when the pressure's on and when the big decisions have to be made, you must become. Right. Very mm. important. Right. So what's in Vic Meitner's future? <laughs> You've done Having everything. Fun. Having, Having fun. fun. <laughs> Having fun. I'm trying to... I'm trying to practice law until they, uh, I'm going to keep practicing law until I get it right. Right, right, right. Well, we appreciate you being with everyone. Everyone always loves when you talk to us and you always are so willing with your time. And I appreciate that you're a great dad to have. Oh, Super you. lucky. Glad so, to have you too. <laughs> so thanks for watching. Grab your keys and we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye.